0: Trace Church. Good morning. It is so, so good to be with everybody. Thank you for spending some of your summer with us here at Trace. If you're listening online, we really appreciate you tuning in. I'm the best preacher here. My name's Dr. T. Uh, I love being a part of our teaching team. Um, Really, really appreciate the opportunity God's given me here at Trace. So I'm really excited about this series. Uh, In this series, we're going to teach you about choices. And today I wanna teach you about a choice each of you has to make over the course of your life, probably multiple times. And some of you may even feel like you're in the middle of this moment of decision right now. And what we're gonna talk about today is how to choose truth versus lie. A number of years ago, some psychologists discovered a phenomenon that they call decision paralysis. What decision paralysis is, or what it means, is that the more options you have to choose from, the harder it is to make a choice. So likely you've been faced with some questions that illustrate this point, right? If I were to ask you, you could only name one song, what would your favorite song be? Lots of you would say what I would say. Well, Dr. T, I can't choose just one song, but let me give you my top five, right? Or if I said, choose your favorite movie and you can only choose one, a lot of you would be like, I just can't choose, but I'll give you my top three. And so in life, there's, there's difficulty sometimes in making a decision, and maybe even more importantly, making the right decision. So today, I don't wanna put you in decision paralysis again. I want you to choose between one of two things And here's the way I would say that. I want you to choose whether or not you will live in the truth or you will live by lies. Now, this is a really deep concept and there's some complexity here. So I want you to stay with me, but where I wanna start in this is with the teaching of the Lord Jesus Christ on this very topic. So Jesus had these followers, disciples, who went with him everywhere he went, and some of them recorded the history of his life in what we call the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And in John's Gospel, John, who called himself the disciple that Jesus loved, recorded a moment where Jesus is teaching on truth and lies and the consequences of living under one of those two options, And so here's this moment in John chapter eight. I'm gonna go verse 31 and 32. If you're following along in your Bibles or you're taking notes, you may just wanna jot this down. And here's what Jesus is saying to a group of Jews that believed in him. Listen to this. So to the Jews that believed in him, Jesus says, if you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then in verse 32, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. John 8:32 has always been one of my favorite verses and you've probably heard that, right? Then you'll know the truth and the truth will set you free. And likely there have been seasons in your life where you have felt almost held captive by some situation. And and you come across this verse or you hear a verse like this and it just speaks to your soul, man, if I know the truth, I can be set free. Freedom sounds so wonderful, freedom sounds so desirable. We memorize this, we meditate on it, we pray over it in our lives, and it offers us some encouragement. But after studying this for a number of years, I finally noticed John 8:31, where John records that Jesus was teaching to a group of people, this is really important, who had believed in him, who had believed in him. These were people who had been following Jesus around. They had heard Jesus's teaching. They had seen his miracles. They had watched him interact with people and they liked what they saw. But this doesn't mean that this group of people had come to what we might call a saving faith in Jesus. So what does this mean? And Trace, this is really important. What this means is that the people Jesus was teaching in this moment of his life were standing at a crossroads. They were standing at a moment in their lives where they were gonna have to make a decision. And the decision quite plainly was, are we gonna believe the truth uh, about what Jesus is teaching? Are we gonna believe that what he is teaching us is true? And are we gonna live by that teaching? And then in this teaching, Jesus says a word that really deeply registers with his audience. And that's that last part of John eight thirty two: The truth will set you free. And this group of people goes, free excuse me do, do you know who you're talking to here and and who are you to tell us we need to get free i mean don't you know we're we're americans i mean i mean we're we're jews we're sons and daughters of abraham god is our father we're not illegitimate children who are you to tell us we need to be Free, And over the next few verses, Jesus teaches them that you can be physically free and spiritually and morally enslaved. And the more he teaches them that truth, the more they harden their hearts against it. And just a few moments later, in John eight forty here's what Jesus says to them. Listen to this stark contrast. Here are these people that did believe, and after Jesus teaches them some truth, he tells them that you belong to your father, the devil, and you want to carry out your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding the truth, for there is no truth in him. When he speaks lies, he speaks his native language for he is a liar and the father of lies. How tragic. How awful. How unfortunate that people who were standing at the crossroads of decision and trying to decide, am I gonna live in truth or am I gonna live by lies? How tragic that so quickly they were willing to choose to live by lies. That's the first part of John eight forty four. You want to live by lies. You're making the decision not to live in truth. And in, in making decisions, there's some things I want to teach you that we've got to get clear on before I go much farther. And I hope you'll write uh, these ideas down. I want to teach you some facts about choosing, about making choices. And the first fact I want to teach you is that you cannot not choose a path. You cannot not choose a path in life. Trace Church, you are going to have to decide, am I going to live in truth or am I going to live in lies? Just like the people Jesus was teaching in John 8 had a decision to make. Each of you has a decision to make. You cannot not. And that really confused our audio-visual team. They sent me like multiple messages. Uh, Dr. T, you realize there's a double negative on one of your slides. I was like, it's cool, I can do that. I'm the preacher. I can do whatever I want up here, right? You cannot not choose a path. To not choose is to choose. You cannot not choose a path. The second thing I want you to know about choosing is that the path you are on is the one you have chosen. Now this is tricky, okay? This is tricky because there are things in life that happen to each of us that are not based on our own choosing. Things like tragedy, uh, things like major medical illness. But when I think of those things, I think of those things as roadblocks along the path of our choosing that we still have to choose how we will respond to. And when we become responsible, and that's ultimately what I'm talking about here, when you take responsibility for the path you are on, you're empowered in life to do something about the path that you're on. If it's the right path, you're empowered to stay on it because you're taking responsibility for yourself. It's easy to be on the right path when everything's great. When things get tough, if you take responsibility for the path that you're on, you're more empowered and equipped to stay on that path. And when tragedy strikes, if you'll take responsibility for your response, you're empowered to get on the right path. And that's the next thing I wanna say about choosing. You can choose a different path at any moment in time. So if you're way off track, maybe you showed up today and and summer's been tough, 2021 has been tough, 2020 was tough, maybe it's just been a tough run for a long time, and maybe you showed up this morning because there's a part of you that realizes I'm on the wrong path. Well, you're never more than one decision away, friend, from getting on the right path. That's wonderful news. What's a little scary about this, for those of us who are on the right path, we're never one decision away from jumping on the wrong path. So we have to choose to live intentionally every single day. The next thing I wanna teach you about choosing is that the the challenges you face depend on the path you have chosen. Now you've heard this before, but I wanna remind you of this. It's really hard to be unhealthy It's also really hard to get and stay healthy. Both pathways are hard. Choose which challenge you wanna face. It's really hard to get up early in the morning and have a rigid, disciplined, structured routine so that you start your day out well. That's tough. But you all know it's equally as tough to get up late, rush around and feel like you're running behind every appointment you've got throughout the day. Choose which challenge you'd like to face. Working your tail off and living by a budget and having some money left over at the end of the month, that's challenging, that's tough. But so is overspending, buying whatever your heart desires and having too much month left at the end of the money, that's challenging. You get to choose your challenge. So choose wisely. The last thing I wanna mention is that the path you choose determines the end of your journey. You cannot leave Colorado Springs and head east and expect to get to California unless you've got some sort of aircraft with a lot of gasoline, which kind of defeats the point I'm trying to make, but go with me here, right? Uh, So many things in life as it relates to this are, are delayed gratification kinds of things. So you're gonna start out day one choosing a path and not maybe see the results of that decision for a long time. So what I wanna remind you about this is it, it's, you're doing yourself a favor in the decisions you're making if you begin with the end in mind. If you begin with the end in mind, it will help you make the intentional daily decisions you need to make to end where you wanna end up. And for each of you and for those of you tuning in online, where I want you to end up is in heaven for all eternity with the Lord Jesus Christ in celebration of God the Father. That's the end I want for each of you. And so let's circle back now to this choice of living by truth and living by lie. And so when I was preparing for this, it occurred to me, none of us wake up, at least I hope none of you wake up, and say to yourself, you know what? Today, I wanna live by lies. I just want to take the hardest path of the greatest resistance that makes my life the most difficult in which I experience the greatest suffering. None of us say that right? Nevertheless, some of us end up on the wrong path, living by lies. Why is that? Why is it that it's hard to live in truth? Why is it that it's hard to take the right path in life? Well, there's a story that really clearly illustrates the reasons why it's such a challenge to live in truth, and to take the right path. And and this has been a challenge since the very beginning of time. So here's the way this story plays out in the scripture. This is from Genesis chapter three. And Adam and Eve are in the garden and they're just hanging out, loving each other, eating food, it's great. And then they happen upon a serpent and they have some interaction with the serpent. And here's what this looks like. The serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? And the woman says to the serpent, we may eat fruit from the trees in the garden, but God did say you must not eat fruit from the tree that is in the middle of the garden and you must not touch it or you will die. You will not certainly die, the serpent said to the woman, for God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it. And she also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate it. So in this story, we see what what I would consider the four root causes of choosing to live by lies. So if you're looking over the course of your life and you've seen moments where you're obviously not on the right track or you're living by lies, or maybe you're even there now. The first thing we see in this story, why did Adam and Eve choose the wrong path to live under the lies of the devil, the serpent? The first thing that happens is they have a problem. They experience a crisis. They have a struggle. And if you read the story, there hadn't been a struggle up until this moment. Things in the garden were good. And the problem they faced was the problem of doubt. The serpent says, did did God, come, come on guys. Did God really say? And in that question, the enemy planted a seed of doubt. And I don't know what the problem you're going through in life is, But I know you're either going through a problem, you're coming out of a problem, or you're getting ready to go into another problem kind of a season. And in those seasons, it is really difficult despite knowing truth and despite wanting truth to live by truth. That's one of the reasons it's difficult. Second thing that we see in this story that's really common is is the issue of pride. Seriously, it, w- it was hard for me to read that statement by the serpent. Then you will be like God. That's the sin of pride. And can I be honest with you for a second and just disclose a little bit about myself? Uh, whether or not you'd say, Yes, I'm going to anyway. Remember, I can do what I want when I'm up here, I, I'm the preacher. By far, by far, by far for me, the seasons of my life where I struggle the most are when I feel the most successful. By far, it's not even close. When people wanna hang out with Trent and Trent's doing good and Trent's uh, budget works itself out and I'm getting lots of praise and affirmation and validation, I start to think that I'm kinda cool. And then I start to feel independent. And then I start to say, I don't, I don't know that I need to read God's word. I don't know that I need to spend so much time in prayer. I don't, I don't know that I really need to be about kingdom work. I don't, I don't really need to treat my wife with respect. It's okay for me to get after my kids because surely they're gonna see how great I am. And surely it's okay for me to get after them because they're gonna forgive me once they see how awesome and incredible I am. And in seasons of my life where I'm struggling and things don't make sense and I'm hurting, man, those are the seasons I'm clinging to the things of God and I'm desperate for the strength of God to manifest itself in my life. And if you're not careful, it'll be the same for you. You'll get out of a season that feels like you're walking through the valley of the shadow of death itself. You'll start having some success and all of a sudden you won't be as desperate for God as you once were. And in that moment, it becomes so hard to continue to live in truth. The third thing that we notice in this story is the issue of pleasure, the issue of pleasure. So what we see in in the text is that Eve looks at this fruit and she notices that it's good for food. It can satisfy my appetite. It's pleasing to the eye. This is the most beautiful fruit I've ever seen and it's desirable for gaining wisdom, it appeals to my ego, all centered around pleasure in a sense. And this is another reason why we really struggle to live in truth. When I am seeking pleasure and I am satisfying my natural self and I'm getting some payoff that feels good, I'm not thinking about the things of God. I'm not pursuing the things of God, I'm pursuing the things that make me feel pleasure. And the more I do, the farther I drift and the more difficult it is to live in truth and the easier it is to live for anything else, for anything else. But the last thing I think and one maybe that is easiest for us all to relate to is the issue of pain. The issue of pain. Now, if you read the story quickly, you probably wouldn't notice what I labeled up here as the pain that I see in this story. But Eve takes the fruit, and what's scary to me about that is she turns and hands it to someone who was with her and gives it to Adam, and he takes a bite. And what I call that is abandonment. And no, this isn't like some nasty lifetime movie abandonment narrative, right? Where there's this high conflict divorce and all these hurt feelings and mudslinging with attorneys and craziness. This is the abandonment of being, listen to me, Trace, present, but not present. And because of that abandonment, the curse of sin entered the world. And Adam and Eve's immediate Adam and Eve's immediate response is to live under the lie of how the pain of their sin made them feel. What do they immediately do? They immediately run and they hide. And and so if you're if you're battling these are the things that you're likely struggling against. These are the root causes of what makes this such a challenge. But when I'm saying truth versus lie, what am, what am I really meaning? What do I really mean when I'm saying truth and lie? What are those moments in your life where, where listen, just like, just like the people Jesus was teaching were at a crossroads, they knew what he was saying. They liked what he was saying. They saw his miracles. They, they saw how he interacted with people. They, they kind of bought what he was selling, but they were at a crossroads of having to decide, are we really gonna go all in or are we gonna do something else? That's that moment of decision for them. It's a decision point. And here's where I think your decision points are as it relates to truth and lie. The first area you're gonna struggle with Living based in truth versus living in lie is on the identity of God. The identity of God. Is God who he says he is? And if so, how can I continue to live in that when my problems tell me something else or my pride tells me something else or those pleasurable activities I do tell me something else or my pain tells me something else? The next area is the identity of the son, Jesus. The identity of Jesus. Can I really believe Jesus is the son of God, that he lived a sinless life, that he came to my rescue and that his righteousness could be mine? Do I really believe that? Because your problems and your pride and your pleasure seeking and pain are gonna tell you otherwise. The other area is whether or not we can believe the word. Is the word of God true? Is God who he says he is? Is the son who he says he is? Is the word of God true? Is it reliable? Can I depend on it? And I I deal with this all the time. So I probably work 20 hours a week just counseling clients. And this one's the one that most people come to my office for. It's the truth about your, and I'm meaning each of you under the sound of my voice and those of you tuning in online, it's the truth about your identity. When I got got to this point at preparing the lesson, I was like, you know what, I'm just going to go through and teach what the scripture says about the identity of God, the identity of Jesus, the reliability about the word and who God says you are. But I thought that if I did that, I would be cheating you out of discovering what God has to say to you about each of those things to you personally, which is much more powerful than what I could teach you from up here, if you'll really seek, if you'll really seek that out. And the last thing that we are really going to struggle with in terms of living in truth versus living in lie is the identity of other people. Let me give you an example from my own marriage. This is how it plays out for Kirsten and I. Wednesday of last week, we had an argument. And, and she said some things that hurt me, so this is a moment where I'm battling with the root cause of pain, as far as living in lie is concerned. And I, I, it, the thought just popped in my head, she just doesn't care about me. Not true, but man, when I'm hurting and I'm in pain, so hard for me not to believe that that's true. And when someone that I think doesn't care about me hurts me, you know what I do to that person? I hurt them right back. And I said some things that were hurtful to her. And in that pain, you know what she believed about me? Trent just doesn't care. And man, the second we buy into those lies, and we let the root cause of that, which is our pain, begin to dictate our path, it, it's miserable, it's miserable. So how do, we, how do we not do that in those moments? Well, I hope one day I can bat a thousand and never do that in those moments. I'm certainly not there yet, but here's the way Jesus teaches us to do that. I wanna go back to John eight, okay? Because he told us, We just have to see it. So here's what he says in John 8. To the Jews who had believed in him, Jesus says, if you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. So here's what Jesus is teaching. He's teaching that you have to know him and hold to his teaching to live by truth—that's what he's saying. Know him and live by his teaching. To live in truth. Now, some of you are like me, and you want to try before you buy, huh? I'm not going to do a show of hands, but I know you're out there, Doctor T. I want to try before I buy. I want to. I want to. I want to know first, and then I'll try. But this is an if-then statement. What Jesus say, is saying is. If you will hold to my teaching, you have to take the risk first of living this out, of risking a little surrender to me, of living by what I'm telling you to do. You have to play this out a little bit first. You gotta experience it. And if you do that, then you will know the truth. Then you can live by the truth. And when you do, you will be set free. So, Trace, that's that's my encouragement for you this morning. That's my prayer. If you're out there under the sound of my voice and you have never surrendered your life to Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, man, I want you to consider doing that. That's the first step in consistently living in truth. But maybe you're out there and you have But if you're being honest with yourself, you'd have to admit, I'm not on the right path. If that's you, my encouragement is take the risk. Make the commitment once more to live the way Jesus is calling you to live. And and take his word for it, if you do, then you'll know the truth and live by the truth. And you will be set free. Let's bow. Precious Heavenly Father, I come before you just so thankful for your word. So thankful for your son, Jesus. So thankful, uh, God, that you're calling us to live by truth and that you're showing us how to live by truth. To surrender our lives to the Lord Jesus Christ and to live the way he taught us. If, if we'll do that, if we'll take that risk, then we'll know. Then we'll know the truth and we'll be set free. Thank you so much for this, this moment. We ask these things in Jesus' name, amen. Trace, we're gonna move into our response time. Would you take a, a minute to just search your heart while we're moving into our response time? If you've never surrendered your life to Jesus, I pray you consider that in this moment. And if you have, as you're in this moment, I pray you just ask God to reveal any areas of your life where you're living by lie and make the commitment to live in truth. If you're new to Trace, what we're gonna do right now, I'm gonna pray. And then we invite you to just take communion, which is set up at the four corners of this auditorium. And it's a time where we can practice just experiencing God's presence in our lives. And so we're inviting you to do that. It's open, all are invited. If you're visiting, what I'm about to say is not for you. If you're a regular attender at Trace, it is for you. We we invite you to contribute to this ministry to partner with us financially. You do that on our app uh, online or in one of the donation boxes next to the doors you came in this auditorium through. And if there's a need in your life, we've got some prayer cards in the back. We wanna pray with you. And we want you to feel supported and not alone in your journey to choose to live in the truth. And that's part of where we get our name traced, truth and grace, and we want that for you. So let's bow and then let's, let's spend some time in response. Lord, once again, we come before you just so thankful for your grace and mercy. And once again, God, in this moment, I just ask that if anyone has not surrendered to you, that they would consider that today. And if anyone may have gotten off track and feels that they're living by lies, I just ask that you call them onto the path of truth and that they would make a commitment today to just live that path. God, we just ask your presence to fill this place and we'll give you all the glory, honor, and praise for everything you do in this moment. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.